back to Seeking Rents, the podcast. I'm your host, Jason Garcia. I'm the publisher of Seeking Rents. That's a newsletter where we explore the ways big businesses and other special interests influence public policy in Florida, particularly in the Florida legislature. Um, This is going to be another one of our quick daily updates from the uh, Florida legislature's 2024 session. Um, uh, This is going to be from... uh, Day 28, Monday, day 28, even though uh, we're already well into day 29 at this point. This is uh, we're into one of the busiest parts of session where um, a lot of committees are meeting for the last time. So there's a real race to get uh, as many bills into play as possible. Um, So let's just race through a few bills that 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 moved on Monday. Uh, Most of these I think we've talked about before, but there's some interesting developments around all of them. And the first one is is a good bill. Senate Bill 1104. And this is one that would. uh, provide some important protections for Florida homeowners whose homes are damaged during a hurricane. And specifically what it would do is it would it would prohibit a property insurer from canceling or non-renewing on one of those homeowners until they've had a chance to make repairs. Um, some of this, some of these protections already exist in state law, but they, they don't really necessarily work as well as they should. Um, but this also expands them in important ways. And I'll give you one sort of key example. There are a lot of homeowners that will that do not buy flood insurance, right? So they'll have a homeowner's policy that covers windstorm and then all the basic perils, um, but then they might they might their property might be damaged by flood. So it's going to be harder for them to make repairs because they don't have flood insurance. It's probably going to take them a longer time. But in the meantime, until they have a chance to to make those repairs, um, it's going to be very hard to find new insurance because it's a damaged property. So this bill, Senate Bill 1104, would prevent property insurers from canceling on homeowners who have experienced flood damage until they have a chance to make those repairs or or until they have up to 18 months to to get something done. And that that, that is a really important uh, protection for folks. But But what I think what makes this bill interesting is you know, we're about halfway through session now, so it's it's too early to draw any firm conclusions, but it's increasingly looking like the legislature may end up raising property insurance rates even further on some homeowners while doing nothing to lower rates in any sort of meaningful way for everyone else. And this particular bill is looking like maybe the one place where the legislature might be willing to stand up to the property insurance industry a little bit. There's um, Once again, in this hearing, there was more testimony and pushback from property insurance lobbyists, um, including folks representing like the big national guys like State Farm. But you saw even some of the legislature's more industry-friendly members kind of pushing back here and and sort of drawing the line at at sort of wanting this kind of protection in place. So this, this bill is really one to keep an eye on to see you know, does it get does it get bottled up before the end, or does it get weakened in a dramatic way, um, or is this a place where where we'll actually see, you know, some spine from the legislature when it comes to uh, to pushing back against the property insurance industry? Um, the second bill we're going to talk about is another one uh, we mentioned recently is Senate Bill fifteen thirty. This is the bill that would essentially criminalize homelessness in Florida without like explicitly criminalizing it. It essentially sets up a system where it says. Uh, cities and counties, you cannot allow uh, people to sleep in public on on public property um, unless you put them in camps. But it's it, you know it provides no funding for these camps. It, I'm sorry, it sets a whole bunch of requirements that sound good, like you have to have security, you have to have running water, there has to be the provision of mental health and substance abuse services. But it doesn't uh, it doesn't provide any funding for that. And also it says these camps can't be located in anywhere that would negatively affect surrounding property values, 
it 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 essentially creates a a very very high bar to clear. Um, essentially, you're looking at maybe you clear this, in which case the, we're not going to criminalize homelessness. We're just going to throw them all into camps, or you're going to end up criminalizing homelessness because nobody can can meet these standards in a way that doesn't get it that doesn't sort of trigger a lawsuit. Um, and the reason I mention this bill is. Uh, it is starting to move really fast because none other than Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has decided to publicly embrace this issue. Um, this is one I've asked his office if they're, they've been involved in this legislation in the past. There's some reason to to suspect maybe they have been, although I don't know that for sure. They haven't answered yet. Uh, maybe they will. But I, I suspect we'll be writing about this on the newsletter very soon. Um, but this is a bill to to really watch now. It's not it's clearly not just some sort of like individual legislators on a lark here it, th- th- this bill is gonna is gonna move forward something like this, something about this bill is probably going to pass this session um another bill I just want to mention just because it, it strikes me as like just unbelievably petty and mean um Senate bill 1544 this is um this is a uh, uh what's known as sometimes an agency package this is a bill for the Department of Business and Professional Regulation um that's the agency that does a lot of the state's business and occupational licensing. Um, but there's mostly most of these agency packages. They're they're usually pretty benign stuff. It's mostly about. We, I think we've talked about transportation packages on this podcast in the past. It's mostly usually about like just sort of making government work a little bit better. But there's a provision buried in this that would um, that would essentially eliminate mentorship programs for women and minorities who want to become harbor pilots, right? And harbor pilots, those are the folks that like guide big cruise ships and and freight ships in and out of seaports, right? These are, there's a, there's a, not very many of these jobs in Florida. They're really high paying. They're very coveted jobs. It's an incredibly male, white dominated profession. Um, and so there's just some language in law that says, you know, the, 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 that there should be, that the, the ports should have these mentorship programs to try and encourage, help, help out more women and minorities who would like to become pirates, just pilots. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, you know, it's just a, it's just, it's not even a, it's not even a requirement that you give anybody a job here. It's just a mentorship program, help people introduce people to this profession, get them interested in, um, this agency package would repeal that program for, for no reason that I can tell other than somebody wants to, to pick up a culture war fight in any corner possible. It's just, um, it's just like I said, it's it's a really mean-spirited thing to do. Um, and one of the things that came out in Monday's hearing is this, um, as you may have guessed, this comes directly from the DeSantis administration. The senator sponsoring the bill made it clear that this was something the agency itself asked for. Again, this isn't uh, this isn't some just sort of like mean-spirited legislator out on a lark on themselves. This is coming straight from the governor's office. Um the last one I'll mention from Monday is House Bill 1551, and this is a bill dealing with the Florida State Guard. That's that that relatively new two-year-old state militia the legislature created that that Ron DeSantis um, personally controls and is now uh, sending to Texas to help with that uh, sort of border standoff. Um, and, and here's some actually pretty good news. The the, the initial version of this bill was um, was really pretty scary. It essentially, among other things, gave would have given the governor total freedom about when and how to use the state guard and it also would have uh provided a bunch of uh a bunch of powerful legal protections to guard members who you know are accused of wrongdoing while they're on duty you know for you know they're accused of brutality for instance it would have given them the right to to uh taxpayer funded lawyers it would have also created penalties for anybody who tries to sue or prosecute a a guard member um, and then fails to win that suit um 
But all of that stuff gone. It was all taken out of the bill. The bill has now narrowed way down to just um, giving giving the state guard the power to do criminal background checks for uh, members. Um, so that's a really positive development. Um, as we've talked about in some of these other cases, it's it, there's still a month to go in session, and this, these bills are still going to have to go through you know, more committees and then the floor. So there's lots of chances for amendments. So it'll be one to keep an eye on, but, um, but you know, uh, it, it, it is a good thing as of right now. And then, uh, the last thing we'll talk about, um, just because I, I didn't do a, a recording after Thursday. So we should probably mention that a bill we've talked a lot about house bill 49, that's the bill that would weaken child labor laws. Um, it passed the full Florida house of representatives last week. Um, uh, if I'm I'm going off memory here, I believe the vote was 80 to 35. It was essentially every Democrat there voted against it, plus one Republican, Representative Mike Beltran, a, a Republican from Tampa, voted against it. Um, otherwise, pure party line vote. This is the bill. This is the sort of dramatic version of the bill that, that would um, essentially allow employers to make 16 and 17 year old high school students work, you know, a 40 hour work week during the school year or, you know, a 12 hour work day on a school night. Um it would also allow people to drop out of high school and become full-time workers the moment they turn 16. Um, and the, the reason, part of the reason I want to bring this up too is um, I've been getting a lot of, a little bit of pushback lately from some folks because th th they get upset that I describe this bill as allowing businesses to make teenagers work these longer hours. Um, and folks, you know, the, the typical answer is how, how can a business make me do anything? What are they going to walk me there at gunpoint or something like that? And and I would suggest is it it's probably too bad that we're not allowed to talk about privilege in Florida anymore because this is a case where your privilege is showing right. I actually spent years covering Disney and the tourism industry um, in Orlando, and you know that is obviously just filled with tens of thousands of part time workers who are, are working the most erratic and sort of unpredictable schedules imaginable, and it's, it's one of the hardest things about having trying to make a living in that field. Um, and and it used to come up. You know, when I would talk to workers about this, you, you know, they would talk about they had no choice but to take whatever was offered to them schedule wise, because because the, th the thing is they, they were essentially powerless because the, the thing is, if you if you refuse to, to stay a few extra hours on a shift, even if you've got, you know, child care issues at home or if, if you turn down a shift because, you know, you've, you're supposed to have a doctor's appointment that day. What's going to happen is the employer is going to stop offering you shifts entirely, and they're going to turn to some, someone else in this sort of part-time you know, crowd of people just trying to get as many hours as possible, and they're going to give the hours to them instead. So people felt compelled to take whatever hours they, they, they were offered. You, you had no real leverage to say no. So a business absolutely could make you work longer hours than you wanted to. Because, um, I mean... And it's relatively simple. The reality is the relationship between an employer and an employee is not equal, particularly in a right to work state with weak unionization rates, and especially when you're talking about low wage hourly workers. And and just in case that still doesn't sort of explain the concept to you, or you still don't quite get this idea of how, how this might allow a business to make a teen work longer hours, maybe just take a moment and ask yourself, why we have child labor laws in the first place, because they sure do not exist to protect businesses from children. Okay, we're going to leave it off there. Um, 
As always, if uh, you haven't already, please consider signing up for the newsletter. The easiest way to find us is SeekingRentsFL.com. Subscriptions are free. None of our stories are behind paywalls. There is an option to voluntarily pay for a subscription if you can afford one. Um, please think about please think about doing that if you can make it work because um, those uh, voluntary paid subscriptions are incredibly helpful for helping us cover reporting expenses like public records requests and that sort of thing. Um, okay, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow for sure. Thank you.